When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today is World Astronaut Day. Tomorrow is National Space Day. And Saturday is World Astronomy Day. So it is a perfect point in time to reach out to Lisa Jorgensen, author of the book Far Side of the Moon from Chicago Review Press, a book about Apollo 8 Commander Frank Borman, who along with two crew members in December of 1968 became the first humans to see the dark side of the moon. Not once, but 10 times orbiting the moon without landing and then safely returning to Earth. Being an astronaut isn't the focus of Lisa's book in its entirety. It's how the Apollo journey mirrored the epic 80-year love affair and marriage of Frank and Susan Borman. Joining me on Lincoln Live today is Lisa Jorgensen. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Dale. Thank you so much for having me. As we speak, Frank Borman is 94 years old. You interviewed America's oldest living astronaut at his Montana home in 2019, getting some unfiltered access and moments never before published in letters. Talk about your time with Frank Borman. Well, he is just an amazing human being. And even though I obviously met him later in life, uh, he was sharp as a tack, still reading two to three books a week. Um, flying his Air Force trainer airplane. He literally just stopped uh, a few months ago. Um, So he he was just fascinating. And I felt so privileged as the kind of relationship built. And I, I interviewed him a few times, just the trust that he gave me and the faith that he had that I would tell the real story the true story of kind of what it was really like from the perspective of the wives and the families that had to live through that period. His wife, Susan, would still have been alive then, albeit uh, suffering from Alzheimer's disease. He was spending much of his time caring for her. Eventually, she was placed in a nursing home. He visited her every day until her death. September 7th, 2021. Much of your book is about that 80-year romance between Frank and Susan Borman. So talk about the 71-year marriage. Well, it's it's so inspiring. Uh, It's about, you know, two people who lived through some pretty amazing historical periods and were part of history. But all of the things that happen in a relationship, especially when you're in a really high intensity job. And so the impact that that had on, on Susan, especially because she loved him so much and yet believed so strongly in what he was doing. 
and and really felt like she was part of him fighting and supporting his country. And so this love story that is weaved in all of these really intense moments. And then finally, after he leaves NASA and she has to kind of face her demons and does and with immense bravery and Frank really owns and is accountable for the ways that he contributed to her suffering. I've heard others in either dangerous jobs or, or extremely committed jobs and careers where they've later admitted that their first marriage was their career and their wives were, were not a strong source within that marriage. And they didn't realize that until after they've left their career. Until after. And obviously the book kind of really highlights how most of the marriages um, did not last. There was a high divorce rate at NASA, but interestingly, the three men that went up on Apollo 8, Jim Lovell, Bill Anders, and um, Frank, they all stayed married to the same woman their whole lives. And I was able to speak with Marilyn Lovell, and her and Jim are just adorable. <laughs> They're so great. And it it was just really fascinating how these three men were not as invested in the celebrity that came with being an astronaut. They were just they were really there to do their job. We have about an hour and a half's worth of subject matter <laughs> to talk about today. The book is Far Side of the Moon, Lisa Jorgensen, the author. Uh, and admittedly, we have 10 minutes left. Let's go back to Apollo 8 and okay. the importance of that mission. I mentioned the fact that they circled the moon 10 times, saw the dark side, didn't land. This was an important step to yes. Apollo 11, the ultimate landing. Link the two together, if you could, with what 8 did for 11 and how Frank was involved uh, peripherally in Apollo 11. Yeah, of course. So um, there was an Apollo 1 fire that, uh, if you are a space uh, history buff, um, was, was obviously an incredibly traumatic event. And Ed White, who was actually Frank's best friend, was killed in that fire. Now, it was just a training exercise they were going through. But because of that, um, Congress wanted to cancel the program. But they put Frank in charge of the redesign of the command module. Now, what Apollo 8 had to do was to actually break Earth's orbit and get to the moon, because up till that point, they hadn't done that. So this was the very first time they were going to leave Earth's orbit and actually get to the moon. And the mission was to circle around it 10 times to prove that the technology would get them there. They could land and get back safely. So he was so instrumental in just getting them there safely and without him being in charge of that and really committing to it, they wouldn't have made it there. In charge of the redesign. Yes, exactly, exactly. And so he was put in charge of that. And, uh, and, and the other thing that really made the stakes quite a bit higher is they originally had 16 months to do this. 
And when they found out that Russia was had um, was planning on on going there sooner, they went from 16 months and shortened it considerably, which made it that much more dangerous in order to beat the Russians to the moon. Essentially, the first domino in kind of ending the Cold War and helping dismantle the Soviet Union. It was a successful mission, technically, but inside that capsule, inside the module, it was not a fun time, at least uh, after the first 18 hours for Frank Borman. Talk about his experience and the problems he had personally. Well, he actually, they found out after he was the first, he first uh, experienced, or he was the first astronaut to experience space adaptation syndrome. It presents like a flu. So with all of the pressure he had as the commander, he was very ill and he was throwing up and he had diarrhea. (laughs) And obviously that was a bit uncomfortable with that stuff floating around in the capsule. Um, but he refused to scrap the mission for that, and they just made it work. And that's just Frank. Like it's, and and actually they they called Susan, and NASA called Susan and asked her if they should worry about Frank being ill, and she laughed and she said, as if he's going to let something like that get in the way. It must have weighed a little bit on the rest of the crew members because they radioed back to earth on a private channel and explained Borman's predicament. The fact that he was, he was uh, exemplifying some flu like symptoms. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. And it essentially lasted for about 24 hours, but I mean, it was a really uncomfortable 24 hours, but he, he still, he did, he did his job and was on top of everything, even in the midst of that. So Again, it's just that mindset of no matter what. Lisa Jorgensen joining me for the conversation on Lincoln Live, author of the book, Far Side of the Moon. And Frank Borman's role in the eventual moon landing, Apollo 11, linked the two. Yeah, so obviously the success of Apollo 8 was absolutely critical in the moon landing. And if that had not been successful, they would have, the the program would have been canceled. So because it was, and they proved that the technology worked, he was asked to command Apollo 11, and Neil Armstrong was actually his backup on Apollo 8. And when Frank turned it down, because he was starting to understand that this was putting an immense amount of pressure on his family, not just the danger, but also having they were essentially stalked by reporters all the time they were camped out in their front yard and he just didn't want to do that to them again so he turned it down and then they asked neil armstrong to command he turned down he turned it down history to be the first man to step foot on the moon yeah and that goes to what i just said that his he wasn't there to be a celebrity. He wasn't there to end up in the history books. He was there to do what he felt was the most important job. And that was to make sure that nobody else died in, 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 in the command module, right? That that would be safe and it would get there safely. And once he completed that mission, he didn't feel like he needed to do another. 
And having talked with him, he is still all right with it today? Oh, yeah. He does not regret it at all. He does not regret it at all. He was actually at the White House. Um, he was the kind of NASA liaison at the White House. So he was there um, when Apollo 11 landed and he finished off his 20 years at the White House as the NASA liaison. Other than what you've told us today, Lisa, about Frank Borman, having interviewed him in Montana back in 2019, an impression that left you in awe of him, whether it was dealing with the marriage, whether it was dealing with NASA, his career. What left you in awe about Frank Borman? Well, I was, I was in awe of all of these amazing people that I got to speak with because they are so committed to a greater good and they are so passionate about that. And you can't help but be inspired by it. And they and they believe so strongly in what they were they were doing, what they were fighting for. And just to be around people that have those strong values and to be able to talk to them, it was just it was wonderful. And he's taking care of or has people helping him with his cattle ranch in in the Bighorn Mountains of southern Montana? Yeah, actually his son and daughter in law run it. Fred and, and Donna and yeah, and it's, it's, it's a big, beautiful place. Thank you for sharing and get more of the history, not only of NASA, uh, Apollo eight, but of Frank Borman on the far side of the moon from Chicago press author, Lisa Jorgensen spending some time with me. Thank you, Lisa, for your time. Thank you so much, Dale. This was just a lot of fun. Thanks everybody for the conversation, listening to us on Lincoln live.